This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Friday, July 12th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Truckers and ag fighting new bill. Data lacking on women and minority farmers. Legislature gives advocates the podium. Big changes to come for truckers in the ag industry if a bill passes. The high-profile Assembly Bill 5 targets the ride-hailing industry and would reclassify independent contractors across several sectors as regular employees. A number of exemptions have been and will continue to be negotiated. The stick, well, during the bill's first hearing, Assembly Member Lorena Gonzalez was emphatic that this situation was, quote, largely created by the trucking industry, because those businesses have largely misclassified their workers. Here's the carrot. Gonzalez says she's trying to figure out how not to penalize truckers who have invested hundreds of thousands of dollars into the rigs. She added, I anticipate we will be working on this for a few years. Opposed? Trucking associations have two outstanding lawsuits over the California Supreme Court decision last year that sets the basis for the bill. Truckers were at the Capitol in mass the day of the hearing, along with hundreds of advocates from all sides of agriculture. Among the ag interests in the opposition were the Association of Wine Grape Growers, the League of Food Processors, Egg Farmers, and the Grain and Feed Association and the Almond Alliance. Next, AB5 passed committee and will be heard in Senate appropriations following the summer recess. Environmental Justice Advocate Slams Ag During Joint Legislative Committee Michael Claiborne was a featured expert for a select hearing on climate change this week. Claiborne is an attorney with the Leadership Council for Justice and Accountability. He followed testimony by academic scholars and the chair of the Ag Resources Board. Claiborne used two small communities in the San Joaquin Valley as examples from a long list of environmental protections within the ag industry. As for water quality, he suggested to the eight-member committee that all nitrate contamination in domestic uh, wells here is due to the over-application of fertilizer. He recommended the state strictly limit these applications as well as pesticide use for the protection of public health. Claiborne also blamed the Westlands Water District with contaminating water supplies and charging high water bills for unsafe drinking water. Air quality? Well, a 76-home community near Exeter had to deal with high agriculture emissions from nearby orange orchards, he said. With methane emissions, Claiborne said the state should disinvest from its dairy digester program. That program has no air quality monitoring to ensure its success, and the best approach would be to instead reduce dairy herd sizes. Claiborne also used the podium to promote a bill his group sponsoring, which would award grants to these communities. Now, the response from Michael Macadero, the executive director for the uh, for the Agriculture Energy Consumers Association, he immediately pushed back. He corrected the numbers and the research on dairy emissions and said the Dairy Digester Program is by far the most cost-effective program the state is currently investing in. A recent report by the state's legislative analyst office would agree. Bacadora said reducing herd size is not going to reduce emissions. 
It's simply going to shift methane production and increase it by putting it in other states that are not reducing methane, he said. Here's a reminder, Claiborne also participated in a day-long meeting last week for state programs on salts and nitrates in this region. During that meeting, water quality experts testified that nitrates came from a number of sources, not just dairies, and reducing ag in this region would also significantly impact small local economies. You can read more about that meeting and state water board actions at www.agripulse.com. You can click on the West tab. Newsom certifies Paradise for USDA assistance. Following last year's devastating campfire, the town of Paradise pummeled from a population of 26,000 to just 2,000 in April. That falls below the threshold of 2,500 to qualify as rural areas for USDA disaster assistance. Towns in neighboring Butt County also qualified. In a statement, Newsom said this recertification is a follow-up to his first budget action as governor. U.S. Senator Dianne Feinstein supported the governor for accessing a provision that she and Representative Doug LaMalfa included at a federal funding bill specifically to help Paradise. You can read the AgriPulse profiles and the three state lawmakers representing Paradise who also praised the action, Senators Byron Dahl and Jim Nielsen and Assemblymember Gallagher. On that note, the legislature this week swiftly pushed through a package of wildfire bills sponsored by the governor. The legislation aims to stabilize the utilities from bankruptcy by shifting some of the wildfire liability cost over to rate payers. With that, gone for the summer. Along with moving several major bills, the state legislature spent the week sprinting through dozens of committee hearings packing in long days of debate. It was all to meet a strict policy deadline for the day. With that, the lawmakers have now adjourned for summer recess. They will return in mid-August to tally the final votes for the bills that did not make it out of committee. But don't expect Republican members to pick up the phone this weekend. Being a super minority, each member has accrued more committee seats in order to more broadly expand their policy footprint. Some have shuffled between as many as nine different committees, popping briefly into six-hour meetings for just a quick quorum vote before moving to the next session. Data lacking to assess lending gaps. The Government Accountability Office says there is no information to determine if women and minorities are treated fairly when applying for farm loans. Comprehensive data on these groups is not available because laws prohibit lenders from collecting information such as a person's gender. Advocacy groups claim these groups are more likely to have weaker credit histories or lack clear title to their agricultural land, which can make it difficult for them to qualify for loans. Regulations to require that type of data collection have been stalled at the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. On Capitol Hill, the chairman of the House Agriculture USDA Oversight Subcommittee is calling on the Department's Civil Rights Office to address discrimination against minority farmers. 
and a letter to Naomi Earp, who awaits Senate confirmation as Assistant Secretary for Civil Rights, Representative Marsha Fudge of Ohio, wants to know what the department is doing to help curb the decline in the number of black farmers. Earp is currently serving as Deputy Assistant Secretary. Among other things, Fudge wants to know how many black farmers have received FSA loans in the past three fiscal years. In other news, USDA releasing $100 million in dairy subsidies. USDA is staying on schedule and implementing provisions of the 2018 Farm Bill. Farm Service Agency has started delivering $100 million in payments under the Dairy Margin Coverage Program this week, in line with the timetable Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue had laid out in February. So far, nearly 10,000 operations have signed up for DMC, about one-quarter of the total number of dairy farms nationally. FSA also announced the estimated dairy margin for May, the difference between the milk price and the feed cost, was $9 a hundredweight, 50 cents under the new maximum coverage level. A producer who covers 5 million pounds of production, the equivalent of about 200 to 250 cows, would be in line for a payment of $22,500 for January through May, according to American Farm Bureau Federation economists speaking with AgriPulse. Here's today's He Said It. We consulted experts to determine that protecting children from rodent-borne diseases required the additional step of applying a rodenticide with strict safety procedures. That Oliver Rocroy of the California Life Sciences Association Rokroy was quoting a statement from Cal EPA on how the agency recently handled an escalating rat problem at its Sacramento headquarters. Cal EPA had to abandon its initial capture and release strategy. Rokroy was speaking in opposition to AB 1788 on banning second-generation rodenticides. Well, that is Daybreak West for this Thursday, July 11th, brought to you by FMC. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Nally.